In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you are glad to be here today? Praise God. Very few hands. God bless you. How many of you, uh, let me ask you a question before I continue. Do you know I love you? I do. I'm going to ask you a question, but after that I want to ask you the same question, if you love me. Brother Coyote was just, uh, I mean, he was introducing our brother and sister before calling them forward. And he asked you a question. How many of you know them? And if there's anybody who does not know them, it means if you say you don't know them, you've got to put your hands up, correct? But you lied. You lied. Because if I were to ask you what was his name, so many of you will not even know his name. Truth. And if I ask you if you know his wife's name, you will not even know. And then when we ask the question, do you know them? We don't. The beginning of Christianity is love. And the beginning of love is to know one another. I will ask you that you will make a commitment in your life to know the family that God has given you. Before you can, before you can even go and preach into the world. And secondly, learn to love one another. Know them by their name. So that when you go into your inner closet and you bend your knees, you will be praying for them by thy name. Amen? Amen. Do you love me still? Okay. Praise God. I believe that. I want you to look at your neighbor. Since we are out of time. I want you to look at your neighbor. I want you to say one blessing to your neighbor. Bless them minimum one blessing. Can you do that? Bless your neighbor with something and say... May the Lord bless you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And the blessing that you are going to bless your neighbor, you will receive that in Jesus' name. Don't stop blessing. Don't stop it. Praise God. God bless you. Another point. I want you to be very sensitive whenever you come to the house of God. Please. This is a humble request I ask you. Be very, very sensitive to every scripture that comes from this place. Write those scriptures down. You are not here for a party. If you are here for a party, I will call Michael Jackson. But we are not here for a party. We are here to celebrate, to rejoice. To worship the King of Kings. To worship the Lord of Lords. To give Him all the glory. That's the reason we are here. And when you come, wait and see. God will minister to you in a, in a scripture. And you say, God, thank you for that scripture. Because He will confirm His word. This is not part of my message as yet. So be vigilant when you come to your father's house. Watch what is happening around. Take down scriptures and you will see God will confirm his word as he's speaking. Amen? Amen? In the month of May, I had the opportunity of preaching here and I spoke on the, sub, on the subject, the choices we make in life that counts. That's what I spoke on. The choices that we make counts in life. And I took it from the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 11. 
But I want to talk, if given more opportunity, how we can make our life count while we are here. That's what I want to do, a series of studies. So today's topic, I've taken the circumstances around you. That's the topic that I've chosen today. Yes, my sister. The circumstances that are around you. That's the topic of today. And let us turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 39. Yes, Joyce. Genesis chapter 39, verses 23. What I've done is, knowing that the children are not going to be in Friday school, I'm going to give a senior message plus a junior one also. So I've taken pictures because I remember as a little kid, when missionaries used to come to my school, all that I loved was the pictures more than the message. I never knew, but I loved those pictures. In order to captivate the hearts of the children, I've got the, in order to captivate your heart, I give you the word. Amen? Let us turn quickly to Genesis 39, verse 23. The Bible says, The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. Mark that. The Lord was with him. And that which he did, mark that, everything that he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Amen? You've got three words that you can, you can underline there. Number one, you can underline, the Lord was with him. Number two, everything he did prospered. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. That everything that you put your hand to will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. There are two great laws of life that eventually each and everyone who is sitting in this room must face. There are two laws that you have to go through, no matter what, you cannot avoid it. You try, it will come to you someday or the other. The first law is, things always do not go as you have planned. Number one, whatever you have planned in life, sometimes do not happen that way. That's a law. And the second law is, many circumstances in life are uncontrollable. There are many things that are uncontrollable. Example, you might ask me, what are the examples that these things are uncontrollable? For example, a company goes bankrupt. No control. A person, an employee, loses his job for no reason because the company is losing business. You are the one who has issued the ticket. Your best friend who you love very, very much will one day travel to another land which you have no control. You might, you might call him your brother, you might call them your sister, but one day they will travel to another land. These things are not under your control. Athletes lose games. Teams who play, you think your team is going to win, but suddenly your team loses. You have no control. So there are things that we have no control of. Life just doesn't go the way we have planned sometimes. It does not happen. For instance, you don't choose who your parents are going to be. You don't dial and say, God, my mom should be this and my dad should be that. You don't. You have no control over that. You don't have no control over your race, in the race that you are born under. No control. You have no control over whether you are going to be black, white, red, red, yellow, green or purple or multicolor. You have no control. 
These things are given to you. What I'm trying to say is, all these are a deck of cards that have been placed to you, and how you handle it matters at the end. Everything of these things are given to us. Today I want to talk about the circumstances that are around you. And many of you are going through that. You have some type of circumstances that is around you. We are going to look at this man, Joseph. And we are going to see, I know many, there are many messages that have come up on, on Joseph. But we are going to look at it from a different point of view. This man's journey was not an easy one. Number one, he was forsaken by his family. Joseph was forsaken, no message, I keep it back. Joseph was forsaken by his family. He was betrayed by his employer. I know many of you, the day you gave your life to Jesus, especially those who are coming from a different background of a Christian thing, especially if you are a Catholic, and if you gave your life, you are thrown out of the family. Believe even being a Muslim. They will say you are cursed. The day you decide to give your life you will be re- to Jesus, you will be rejected by your family. No matter whatever religion you come from, your background, you will be out of the house. He was betrayed by his employer. He was faithful. How many of you, you are faithful and your employer, you have been betrayed. You think I have served him so long and now he is not giving me the due that I need. More. Joseph faced that. He was forgotten by his friends that he was so kind to and so loving. When the time came for his friends to remember him, they forgot him. We find that this life was going A.Y. He went from being a slave in the prison to be the highest ranking person in that nation. At that time, Egypt was one of the topmost countries like how we consider the U.S. now. He showed that what counts in life is not your circumstances, but your character. It's not the circumstances, but your character that counts in life. And that's what Joseph showed. Number one, the circumstances that faced Joseph. We look at the circumstances. Yes, my sister. The circumstances that faced Joseph. From Genesis 37 to Genesis 50, we see the story of Joseph's entire life. 37 to 50. Number one, the story is about revenge. Pure revenge. This story gives about deceit. This story talks about lust. This story talks about seduction. This story talks about attempted murder. It talks about violence. It talks about rape. It talks about false charges. And it talks about imprisonment. Isn't the story a beautiful TV series for one year to two years? If I had all the money, I would have taken the TV series of Joseph and made it. Beautiful. Everything is there. If you watch some of these dramas that in India they portray, oh, you see everything. You see Joseph's life there. And that's what we see. He was rejected by his family, seduced and slandered at work, forgotten by his friends. Here is a man who was trusting in God, who was walking and serving a living God. But you see everywhere failure. The life of Joseph, we see, for 30 years, this boy went through hell. Because his dad loved him, his brothers hated him. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, verse 4, Genesis chapter 37, verse 4, 
His brothers hated him so much, they could not speak to him in a friendly manner. Many of us are in that situation sometimes just because we know Jesus. People hate us so much, especially family members. One day they thought, hey, let us kill this guy. But they wanted to do it in such a way they didn't want their hands to be dirty. Many times we want to do something, but we don't want our hands to be dirty. We, we, we do it and make someone else do our dirty jobs. And that's what they did. And then they sold them to slavery. Pure brotherly love. How many of us wish one another, praise the Lord, I bless you, but you really don't mean it. Brotherly love. They sold him for 30 pieces of shekels. 20, I'm sorry. His master was sold for 30. When he started at Potiphar's house, Joseph came to a conclusion, my problems have come to an end. Joseph thinks, hey, all the suffering is over. I am in Potiphar's house. Whenever you think you are on the top, be careful. And at that time, Satan sent the spirit of lust through Potiphar's wife. Be very careful when everything is going well for you. Be very careful when you get your promotions. Watch and pray. That's the time you need to watch and pray more. Because the enemy will send his angels to tempt you to fall. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 39, 7. Quickly turn to Genesis chapter 39. If you have your Bibles, please turn to your Bibles. If you don't have, let your friends see what, what the Lord is showing them. Genesis 39 verse 7. The Bible says, after a while... His master's wife began to desire Joseph and asked him to go to bed with her. He refused. But she, she asked him day after day. This passion turned into rage. Be very careful with women who have passion. That passion will one day turn into rage if they don't have you. I'm not talking for the women in this church, okay? The Bible says, that passion turned into rage that she grabbed him by the robe. And he slipped through. But when Joseph was running away, he left his coat. But he took one thing with him. He took his character. He didn't care if I run out naked. But I'm not going to leave my character behind. How many of us have given a chance? What will you choose to leave behind? Will you lose your coat or will you lose your character? And each of us, every one of us will be in a situation. In Joseph is the life of lust. Yours could be a lie. It could be speaking wrongly. It could be anything. You will have a chance to leave your character or to leave your clothes behind. When Big Daddy came home, Big Mama complained. This man that you brought, brought shame to us. And... Potiphar could not stand it. But deep in I feel, and even scholars have written, because the death penalty for laying your hand on an Egyptian, especially from a slave, is death. Do you know that? I'm sure Potiphar, in all the years that Joseph was working with him, would have known that this is a godly man. They had so many gods, but Potiphar would have known this man that he calls this one true God. Surely he would not have done wrong. If not, Potiphar would have put J Joseph to death. But I see the grace of God 
surpassing all over Potiphar's action. It was the grace of God that kept Joseph from death. Amen? No matter what people can do to you, no matter what punishment they give you, but when you have the hand of God in your life, no weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. You must understand one thing. Sometimes jealous people will try to hurt you. If they are jealous, they will make sure they hurt you. Sometimes immoral people will try to tempt you. Ambitious people will try to use you. Because of their ambition, they will use you. But in all this, if you want to succeed, you've got to have the Lord on your side. Amen? When you have the Lord, nobody can put you down in Jesus' name. The Lord was with Joseph and gave Joseph success in everything that he did. We have seen the circumstances of Joseph's life. Now let us look at the character. Point number two. The character of Joseph. Let us look at that. Three times in the book of Genesis, chapter 39, I like the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 2, we find it, the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 21, we see the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 23, we see the Lord was with Joseph. So everywhere you notice that the Lord was with Joseph. May that be so in your life in Jesus' name. It's good when we say that God is for me, who can be against me. It's good to say that no weapon formed against me. All those things are good. But if you say that God is with you, there should be fruits to that action or to those words. If people do not see the God that you confess that is in you, that means there's something wrong in your walk with the Lord. Look at verse, in verse 3, I like it, it says, Potiphar seen the God of Jacob in his life. Verse 3 talks about Potiphar sees and he says he gave everything to Joseph because he knew that this man was truthful because his God was blessing everything that he was doing. And again we look again in scripture in, in chapter 41 verse 38 we find Pharaoh saying the same thing. In who else can we see the spirit of God? But it's here in this man. Let me ask you a question. Do your friends, who you confess that you are a Christian, see the power of God in your life? I want you to ask yourself this question. Do they see it? We all confess we are Christians. But do your friends see Christ in you? And if you have the answer is no, I do not think so, then it's time that today, You get right with God and say, God, I want your power to be manifested in my life. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, 31, the Bible says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Brothers, Satan does not want our life to count for anything. Satan doesn't doesn't want you to influence the people that are around you. He will make sure... That you never influence the people around you. So that when they go, they will say, this person knew me. This person knew me. But not once I seen Christ in their lives. Satan will stop that. He will make sure that you never influence anybody at all. You will not be able to even influence your own family. Ask your children. 
Ask your wife, ask your husband if they are able to see Christ. Don't ask when they are angry, you will get answer no. And don't ask them when they are too happy, they will also lie. Ask them in a normal way, my friend, my honey, my husband, my wife, do you see Jesus in my life? And you will get an honest answer from your children or from your wife or from your husband. Tell them to be honest before God. If you don't get that answer, you've got to get right with God. When God is for us, nothing can fail in our life in Jesus' name. Why was God with Joseph? Why? Why? Have you ever thought of that? Why among all the brothers that we see that God was with, with Joseph? And the answer to that question, because Joseph was a man of character. If you look very carefully, his character made a difference that everyone around him seen that his character was, was different. I like this verse. When Joseph was tempted, he said three things. And that's found in verse 9 in your Bible of the same chapter. In verse 9, 39, 9, there were three statements that Joseph made. Number one, he says, how can I do this? Look at verse 9, look at the last part. Mark that down, my brothers and sisters. How can I do this? In other words, Joseph is, is saying, how dare I do this? When I have my master, how dare I sin against my master? And that's the question you should be able to ask whenever you are tempted in your office to do anything wrong. How dare do I do this? The second point, he looked at sin in the same verse and he says, this great wickedness. He says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against my God? And the third thing that Joseph looked at at that time, he says, not against God. Woman, not about you. Not about sin. I will not sin against my God. Amen. That should be your prayer today. God, I will not sin against you. Nothing will take me away from you, Lord. Because I will bring honor to your name in every action of mine. We can do three things when regarding our character. Number one, we must fulfill our responsibilities. We must fulfill our responsibilities. Yes, my sister. Wherever you are, you always must know that you are in the right place where God has put you. Number two, we must maintain our integrity. We must maintain our integrity. No matter what happens in the situation, I will keep my purity and integrity and maintain my standard at all times, wherever I am, whatever I am doing. The third point is, we must trust God's sovereignty. No matter what be the situation, I am going to trust that God is in control of my life. Amen? Number one, according to this point, Joseph fulfilled his responsibility regardless of his circumstances. No matter what the circumstances were, Joseph made sure he fulfilled his responsibilities. Joseph was a dependable and trustable person. Are you dependable in your company? Are you reliable? I want you to ask yourself, there are many questions that I am throwing at you today. Ask yourself at your workplace, are you dependable and reliable? And if you get the answer no today, you're going to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment today. I'm going to be dependable and reliable at my workplace. Joseph always gave his best no matter what it was. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 6, Genesis 39, verse 6, 
The Bible says in Genesis 39 verse 6, Potiphar gave Joseph complete responsibility over everything he owned. He hadn't a worry in the world with, with Joseph there. Joseph made every decision in Potiphar's household except what Potiphar would eat. I want you to ask you a question. When your boss gives you a job, does he have to come back ten times and ask you if you did it? Or does he just knows, I've given the job to my sister. I've given this job to this brother. He will get it done. Or when he comes, you scratch your head and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so busy, you don't understand what I'm going through. I wish I get another job. And then you call two three sisters, pray for me, I need to leave this job. What if I had no worries? I want you to ask yourself, does your boss have worries when he gives you a job to do? The Bible says that Potiphar prospered because of Joseph. I want you to ask your question today again. Is your company prospering because of you? And if you, and if you answer, no brother, my company is not prospering, that means there's something wrong. You are not praying for your company. You are not standing in the gap of your company. If you look, Joseph was now prosperous, and I'm sure he would have sang this song, for you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you, there is no one else like you, for you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. The moment Joseph would have sang the song and said, God, you have done miracles so great for me. I am now in a beautiful place. Situation changes and we find Joseph in the jail. Every time when you begin to worship God and you say, I'm going to make a commitment to, to live for this God, the enemy will send all the forces of darkness against you to hit you. We find the Joseph landing up in prison. But even in that situation, the favor of God was upon Joseph. The moment Joseph went into the jail, the jailer had no worries. The Bible says he had no worries. From Potiphar's house, thrown in jail, no, God, no worry. If God is for me, who can be against me? And immediately, Joseph is raised to the senior warden now. Amen? Do we fulfill our responsibility as parents? Parents, I want to ask you a question. Do you really fulfill the responsibilities as a husband, as a wife, as parents towards your children? Children, do you fulfill the responsibility as a child towards your mother that you honor your parents? You don't call your parents wrong words. You don't curse your parents. You don't say, I wish my mother and my father disappeared like this. Just because they don't send you for a movie. Workers, those who are working for companies, are you a responsible person? Joseph was a man. If you gave Joseph a lemon, Joseph would have known, if I get a lemon, I will make a lemonade out of it. But if I am given a lemon, I will think, who can I hit this with? And if I am given a lemon, now I will hit the person who is sleeping. If we have something in our hand, the first thing we want to do is we want to throw it at somebody. 
We do not know how can I use this for the glory of God. There is somebody who is thirsty. Let me make this lemonade and give it to him. Every situation that Joseph was, he knew, I will take this lemon and I will use it for the glory of God. Every time you go to your office, you say, I have a lemon. What will I do with it? I have a lemon. What will I do with it? Stop throwing stones at everybody. If you look carefully, Joseph would have said, I don't know why these things are happening with me. I don't understand. But I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to walk in the ways of the Lord that my daddy taught me. Joseph never had the Bible. Youngsters, Joseph didn't have the Bible like you. But he had what his mom and dad spoke to him. And he carried that in his heart. Parents, do you teach your children the word of God? That at the time of testing, they will remember my dad, my mom, my uncle, my auntie taught me the word of God. And the word of God will make them stand. Amen? You can either be a victim of your circumstances or you can be a victor over your circumstances. You could choose. Either you become a victim or you become a victor. Genesis 41 verse 38. The Bible says, 40 verse said, Pharaoh said, who could do a better job than Joseph? For he is a man who is obviously filled with the spirit of God. My brothers and sisters, Joseph succeeded in every area wherever he is put. How many of you today want to be successful in your life? Can I see your hands? May it be so for those who put up your hand in Jesus' name. I will give you the worst for success. Turn quickly to Luke chapter 10. Here's your worst for success for those who put up your hands. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Mark it down and take it and put it on your doorpost. Uh, door the Bible says the person who is faithful in little things will be faithful in big ones. And the one who cheats in little things will cheat in big things too. So if you want to be a successful man, today you put up your hand, learn to be faithful in wherever you are. Number one, faithful at your work. Number two, faithful in the church. Faithful in your family. Faithful with your children. Faithful with your parents. Faithful with those that are around you. And when you see a brother like this who is going, you will be able to say, I was faithful enough that I knew him by name. Or when he comes here and he's going, I even don't know what's his name. Anyway, I said praise the Lord. I will also say praise the Lord goodbye. You said praise the Lord once when he came in. Now you will say praise the Lord when he is going. And the rest you do not know anything about him. That should not be our situation. My brothers and sisters, when everything is going down, remember it was God who called you. And he will ordain your steps. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23, the Bible says, Whatever you do, do it with, with all your heart unto the Lord. Not unto... Men, knowing that the Lord is your real master and he will reward you. Stop looking at your boss and think when he will throw you a piece of bread. Mas, when will you give me that piece of bread of promotion? Ten real, please. One, give me ten real. Promotion. Don't go to him. You go to the creator of the universe. And you say, Lord, I have been faithful. You have asked me to be faithful. I am faithful. Supply my needs, daddy.
and he will supply. Your boss who is supposed to give you 10 riyal will give you 100 riyal in Jesus' name. We look for crumbs. Many believers are beggars. You are supposed to look for mountains. You look for a small stone, put that in your pocket and you walk, you got something very great. Where is your mountain? God says, ask me and I will give it to you. Ask me nations. We ask in Tendriyal. That much we are worth. The next point, Joseph maintained his integrity. No matter what, Joseph maintained his integrity. If you look carefully, let us turn to uh, the same book. 39, verse 10. Joseph was a man who was pure. Verse 10, the Bible says, Though she spoke to him, spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. You see that? He refused to go to bed with her. I like the verse, the other part it says, he even refused to be inside of her. When temptation comes, don't say, I am strong, I won't fall, this sister cannot tempt me. That 200 million will not tempt me. You will first look at the 20 riyals, you look around, nobody there, you will take it. Don't be deceived. I'll show you something. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7 quickly. The Bible says, before she could even tempt him, you know what she did? Verse 7 says, she laid her eyes on Joseph. Before tempting would come, the eyes started falling. Beware, be careful of the eyes. Now, don't be looking at your sister's eyes and say, I'm not looking at your eyes anymore. Please, look at her eyes only. Don't look at someone else's eyes. Okay? I want to show you one more scripture. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible says that, that when Eve's eye fell on the fruit, it was pleasing. When Potiphar's wife's eyes fell upon Joseph, he was pleasing. Have you noticed that women... All women in the church, when your husband sends you shopping and you have a list to buy A, B and C, buy A, B and C. Don't come with D, F and 2, Z and say, honey, I'm home. What you got? I got everything. What about the three items? Oh, I forgot that. I will go next time. I want you to make a covenant with your eyes. Women, make a covenant with your eyes. The dresses in your wardrobe, look at them. Where's my daughter? Look at them. If they are more than what you are supposed to wear, there's somebody who's in need. There's somebody in need. Women, make a covenant. Lord, I will not sin with my eyes. Now, men, I want you to make a covenant. You must be thinking, why this guy comes once in two months? He makes us make so many rules, he puts us in trouble with our wives and husbands. They'll call, Pastor, please, don't allow him to preach next time. Men, on Wednesday... While I was waiting upon the Lord and I went to office, I had a colleague come to me and he says, Hi Claudia, how are you? I said, fine. Uh, how do you like this phone? I said, the phone is nice. I said, what is it? He says, S2. I said, wow, that's a nice phone. And I took out my phone and I said, my phone is broken. I said, my phone is broken. And he says, you know Claudia, I have this phone. And I said, how long is it? How old is it? It's two months. And he says, but you know something? My, I seen in the shop, iPhone. Beautiful one. I'm going to buy that tomorrow. I said, you got S2 here. It's two months old. Why want to go for iPhone? You know, yeah, it's very nice. Brother of life, brethren. 
Make a covenant with your eyes. If God has blessed you with something, and if it's serving the purpose for which you got, be happy. Be happy. Make a covenant that you will not run after one, one, one thing. You got something that is good. Look at somebody who doesn't have that. If you're so generous, buy that phone. And if you want someone, I'll tell you the name. A person who's got a broken phone, you can give it to him. I caught you. Pastor, do they, definitely pastor is going to get a call. Don't allow him to speak. He's passing messages from the pulpit. Brothers, make a commitment with your eyes that you will not sin against God. You will not be covetous. You will not be covetous. Joseph would have thought, see, the enemy would have whispered in Joseph's ears, Joseph, now you are a slave. God gave you this, this vision. He gave you this dream. Look where you are. You are a slave in a foreign country. Your dreams are not going to happen, Joseph. And Joseph would have thought, hey, what, what the hell with it? Nothing is happening. I'm sure he is not even there. Let me go to Potiphar's wife for one hour. Maybe I will get a promotion. Maybe when Potiphar goes off for a vacation, I will finish him off that I can get even his bed. I will have his wife. I will have the children. I will have everything because I am the one who is doing the job. Not Potiphar. The enemy could have whispered all this in his ears. But Joseph said, I will not sin against God. Amen. I will not sin against God. My brothers and sisters, there are two things that motivated Joseph to maintain his integrity. Two things. Number one is love for others, for those that he was working for. He loved them, but he never wanted to dishonor their trust. Number two, the love for God. He loved his God. I want you to ask yourselves a question. Don't raise your hands up. Do you really love God? Do you really love God? Peter was asked that question, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's heart was cut. He says, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Now, let me ask you that same question. Do you love God? Let your answer be yes or no. Is it yes? Are you feeding your sheep? You might ask, Brother Claudia, I'm not in a, I'm not in a responsible position like pastor or the leaders. But you got your sheep, your children... Husbands, you got your wife and your children. There is somebody that you, God has put you over. Feed them. Feed them. Footballers, you have. Feed them with your life. Your lifestyle, you will feed them. My brothers and sisters, Joseph, third point. I have five minutes for my third point. Joseph trusted in God's sovereignty. Quickly turn to Genesis 47, verses 7 to 8. Genesis 47, 47, 7 to 8. The Bible says, God sent me ahead of you to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me, but God. Every time when someone does evil against you, if you are walking in Christ, you will say, the evil that you are trying to do for me, my God will turn it out for good in Jesus' name. Amen? My brothers and sisters, there are two important lessons that we must ask ourselves. Every circumstance that you go through, God has a hidden purpose in it. Ask God, reveal that to me, Lord God. 
Many of you might be in a similar situation. Wondering where is God in this situation. Why is he not answering me that I have been crying out to him day after day, week after week, year after year, for years I'm crying. But he's silent. He has not answered me. Why is God silent? I'm supposed to be fruitful, but God is silent. I'm supposed to be blessed, but I see God silent. I'm supposed to be prosperous, but I see God silent. I'm supposed to be married by now, I see God silent. Why, God, are you silent in everything that I want when I'm walking before you? There are two things in every situation and circumstance. God has an hidden purpose. Until you accomplish the situation in where you are in showing your faithfulness, He will move you to the next level. God will only move you from point A to point B until He sees that you are faithful in point A. Whatever be the situation... Whatever be it, are you faithful in where you are? Only then you will move to second level. Third level, when you are faithful and you accomplish the purpose of which you go, he will move you from this land. Until you have not accomplished it, he will ask. Only one thing that can move you from the land is your disobedience. When you don't wait upon God and you want to do it your way, it will be your circumstances at the end. My brothers and sisters, second point, God often redirects our life in, in circumstances. Look how God is trying to redirect your life. Number one, wherever you are, I want you to ask yourself a question. Are you influencing people that are around you? And if you get the answer, no, you've got to make a commitment today. Lord, help me to influence people that are around me. God has a plan for your life that is greater than your problem. Tell your neighbor that. God has a plan for your life that is greater than your problem. Amen? My brothers and sisters, I have to close. I have almost about 20 minutes of more to give you, but as time, time is the biggest enemy. I wanted to ask yourself a question. If you are in a circumstances... I want you to ask yourself three questions. You must ask, is it my fault? Am I at fault for this? Most of the time we bring upon situations because it's our fault, our disobedience, we go somewhere. Number two, what have I learned? Anyway, I have fallen. What have I learned from this? God, what is it that you have taught me from this situation? Help me to understand that. And third, how does God want you to hack in a situation? The circumstances could be anything, but how as God wants you to hack in the circumstances that matters. If there's anybody who's sleeping, please say hallelujah. Thank you. I, I caught you. I caught you. You see? And that hallelujah was a small one. I was told, I was told to do that before coming to the service. One of my ushers came to me and says, Brother Claudie, can you do that? Just say those who are sleeping, say hallelujah. See how many people will shout. My brothers and sisters, it's time to close. I want you to rise up on your feet. I want you to have your heads bowed. Please don't look at me. It's a commitment that you're going to make to God today. Yes, Brother Vivekan. I want you to, to look at your heart. Don't look at me, please. 
Let the Lord minister to your heart right now. What are the circumstances that you are facing today? What is it that you are facing? Bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is the circumstances I am facing. It can mean anything. Bring it to the Lord. Please have your eyes closed and wait upon the Lord. What is the enemy throwing at you at this time? That he's throwing at your family. Bring it to the Lord today. Are you rejected by your family? Slandered and forgotten by many people? Bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, I have been rejected. I have been faithful, but I have been rejected, Lord God. Are you being the object of the enemy always, that the enemy is attacking you every time? Every turn that you go, that the enemy is attacking you. Bring it to the Lord today. Are you struggling to be light and salt at your workplace? Ask the Lord, Lord, give me grace that I will be an influenced person in my workplace. That I will be able to influence everyone around me. Are you struggling to be a responsible person at your workplace? And you're playing around, say, Lord, I want to be a responsible person at my workplace. I want to be a blessing to the people I work for. I want to be pure with integrity. Are you trusting in God's sovereignty? No matter your answers are not come, but you're trusting in God. Today, say, Lord, I will trust you. No matter what I'm going through, I will trust you. Are you a victim always? Say, God, I've been falling a victim all my life. I want to be a victor in Jesus' name. Are you struggling to be faithful in your calling? God has called you and you're struggling to be faithful. Say, the Lord, I want to be faithful. Are you unable to know God's purpose for your life? Today is the time to say, God, I want to know your purpose. I want to know your purpose, so why you call me God? And last, is God number one in your life? What's the priority of your life? Is it God or is it self or is it the money? I want you to spend a little time and say, God, all these things that have come, I bring it to your throne of grace. Help me, Lord, that in any circumstances that I face, I will be faithful like Joseph. I will walk before you faithfully all the days of my life. I want to be faithful with my family. I want to be a faithful husband, a faithful wife. I want to be a faithful person in my ministry. I want to be a faithful leader. I want to be faithful to my employer. This is our heart cry. In Jesus' name we continue to pray what are the circumstances around you the church will present a circumstance your home will present a circumstance your office environment will present a circumstance what are you doing about it we need to ask for grace to be able to overcome even as Joseph did 
to be able to overcome even as the people of old were able to overcome. If God be for us, who can be against us? We need to ask for His grace upon our lives. Our character as a believer is very, very important. We need to live a life that draw others unto the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Mighty God, we thank you for a time like this. Father, we thank you for speaking straight into our heart. Father, we thank you this afternoon for your servant that you have used to bring this word unto us. Lord, we ask even as we have partook of it this day, Father, the grace, O Lord, to rule over every circumstance in our life, release unto us in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we will not fail you in the name of Jesus. Lord, the power, O Lord, to go and sin no more, release upon us in the name of Jesus. Thank you for hearing us, mighty God. Father, we pray for your servants. We ask, O Lord, that more of your anointing will rest upon him, upon his ministry, upon his household, in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I share the grace and fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest about with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go and rule over your circumstances in Jesus' name.